Uh, oh yeah, what is the show this week? Well, it's the Seinfeld review show. Well, I shouldn't tell you guys what I say. I, I never tell you anyways. It's just a surprise for you every week. I like it when you Love keep it, it fresh. Oh, when you talk dirty to me. I think we've actually done this show already, too. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Is this the, is this the show? <laughs> You're John <Is> Gruber. <laughs> Which one am I? Is this... <laughs> Is this what people turn in for? Hello and welcome to What's the Deal, the Seinfeld review show that has donuts on the brain. Each week we dissect every episode of Seinfeld in chronological order. With me today, as always, is Christopher Young. Sup, homies. And Patrick Armstrong. Hello. I'm Cameron Wong, and this is episode 43, and today we'll be looking at season 4, episode 4, The Ticket. What? I didn't watch this one. I'm kidding, I did. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Young, how are you today? Uh, Pretty good. Doing just fine. Fine and dandy. Would you like to expand upon that? Uh, I started school, so that's been nice. Been nice to get back in back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Got some good classes. What's your favorite feature of Android KitKat? Oh, let's see. I mean, there's so many. Uh, you know, it's got to be support for like Google, like just literally li- like reaching into my pants and and doing things to me that way. Well, actually, it's called Google Pants. Yeah, yeah, Google Pants. Yeah. Uh, Google, so, Google, Google grab ass. So the reason why I ask you this, Chris Young, is because uh, you're you're thinking about a new smartphone purchase. True. I am. Yeah. I don't know which one I'm gonna get. I know I'm not. I'm on the fence. I'm thinking about maybe getting. You know, what's the new Winmo? Winmo. Winmo I think Lumia, Lumia nine twenty. Yeah, I might get a. A Windows phone. Uh, no, I won't. I'm gonna get an iPhone. I only ever buy iPhones. Five C. I don't like. No, I'm gonna go for the S. I like that fingerprint scanner. It's like in uh, it's like in Skyfall, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'll have my phone, and it'll recognize my thumbprint, and then that dude's gonna get eaten by a Komodo dragon. That is it's gonna true. be my life. It's gonna be my life. I mean, it's almost already my life. It's just without the fingerprint scanner. I'm feeding people the Kumo dragons left, right, and center as it is. You know, They're hard to feed. They eat a lot. Chris, if I told you, like, I assumed you're getting a five C, or suggested that you should get a five C, would you feel insulted? No, I think they look nice. Because I'll tell you this: when because I was inquiring at my local cellular telephone store about getting this mm. new iPhone business. And the guy kind of was like pricing it out and he kind of guffawed and was like, oh, well, you can, you could get a 5C for that price. And honestly, I felt insulted that he thought I looked like a 5C guy. Really? Yeah. Cameron this likes is- to be known as a big spender. I know. No, I think the 5C guy to him. He wears those, he wears those suspenders. Because the 5C guy that he's thinking of is a patsy. He's a fall guy. He's a sucker. Uh, yeah, maybe. But that guy's probably an idiot. 
Well, not I, the I, not the guy, the, the guy in his head. I'm talking about the guy you're talking to. That guy sounds dumb already. I mean, because, I didn't like him. You know, he's probably going to try and sell you a Samsung Mega with its 8-inch screen. Well, it's funny because I was like, yeah, I was complaining about these new uh, contracts Wait, that they're trying to there's a phone with an 8-inch screen? <laughs> no. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> it's got 6.3. It's a 6.3-inch six, six, like, screen. But there's a bigger one than that. There's a bigger phablet than there's that. There's a Sony. There's a Sony one that's like 6.4. No, there's an Asus one that I think is 7-inch. Oh, my God. Hmm. Well, Cameron, I don't think you're a chump. Thanks. Well, I, I told Patrick about this already. I was so incensed, but the guy, <laughs> the guy uh, was just such a dink. And he's like, "Well, here's how it is. Here's why you got to get this new plan that's more expensive. You used to have a three-year contract, and that subsidized your phone. Now you got to subsidize your phone over two years. So where do you think that money's going to come from? Number one, don't talk to me like I'm eating into your bottom line, guy at the Bell store." <laughs> <laughs> Number He's two. one of their major shareholders, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I bet. But the other thing that's ridiculous You want me to pay this, for your phone? I'm not going to pay for your phone, bub. But, I mean, after the two years is up, Said I mean, bub. they're not taking $30 off my bill every month. He's Wolverine. The problem is, he just really wants a cup of coffee, and they told him that coffee is for closers. He's got to close this deal. <laughs> coffee is for closers. He offered me the rest insurance. <laughs> Patrick Armstrong, or hit the bricks. How are you today? I am doing good. Played some Scrabble this evening. I Did lost. You play that with uh, Emily, my I, uh, my girlfriend. I'm sorry. She played a board game with you. She did. She likes Scrabble. Um, and I lost. Uh, she had almost double my score. How and, did that uh, make you? Are you pretty mad? No, nah, I wasn't mad. I don't care. I was I, mad that I, I didn't. My, the, the final letter I had left over was a Z, which made me sad. I thought you were like super competitive and you, you hate to lose at things. No, no, that's you, Cameron. Oh, that's right. That is me. I is you. Yeah. I ate a vegan macaroni and cheese for dinner and now I'm having uh, some bourbon. So, you know, go go on and, and tell me right now. How, how is that possible? Because... Last I checked, there's no such thing as, as cheese that's in the vegan world. Well, I mean, the basic part parts of uh, macaroni and cheese are you got like a roux, which is like a flour, water, and salt mix. Mm-hmm. And you add cheese to that, and then you add that to uh, um, some macaroni noodles. So instead of milk and cheese and used butter. and butter, I used cashews. Like a vegan creamery spread, like Earth Balance or whatever that stuff is called, and like potato and squash. I don't just, know how. Just I don't know oil how it product? works. It's that oil. Spread? It's oil and like pea and some other things like like, like urine, like something like corn-based lecithin. <laughs> I don't know. I was looking at the ingredients. I don't know what it is. Uh, and then, I don't know, it was pretty good. It, it tasted, it didn't taste like cheese, but it had like nutritional yeast in it. So it was vaguely cheesy. I don't know. I would eat it again. I thought it was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. You'll rue the day yeah. you had vegan mac and cheese. That was really good, Chris. I know. See what I did with the roux? 
Mm-hmm. Like, it was like a pun. Pasta. Play on it words. It was a pun. Yeah. It was all it a ruse. Sound, That's right. She sent me the recipe. I'm going to try making it. Okay. I can make that. Would, yeah. It would be rude of you not to. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going to start by making the rue. <laughs> You guys are ruining the show. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Neither do we. Yes! Killing it! Oh my. Oh, we haven't missed a beat. No. Nope. Even though we missed a week. Well, we. It's yet to be seen if we've missed a whole week yet at this point. There are no yeah. beats in a week. <laughs> All right. Off to the races. Yeah, it's been... It's a solid start. Mm-hmm. Good start. So, uh, this week, would you like to know uh, what episode we're looking at? Yeah, my breath is baited. All right, well, I shall take the bait. This week, we are looking at The Ticket, which was part of the one-hour episode, which was called The Pitch, but separated into two episodes for syndication. And in this episode... George and Jerry uh, meet up with NBC executives once more because, turns out, they're interested. Apparently, vomiting on somebody wasn't enough to break the deal. And, uh, well, Jerry and George start to, to ruminate on what to do and hide out from Crazy Joe Davola. Meanwhile, Elaine is in one more scene. Uncle Leo pops up to say, Hello! And Kramer agrees to help Newman to get out of a speeding ticket. Um, so, because the episode is really just part two of one episode, we start without a monologue, which uh, in syndication is maybe a little uh, unsettling, but the audience wouldn't have seen that yet. Um, They'll just but assume it is it's reminiscent. part of like seasons eight and nine. Mm-hmm. And seven, but anyway... Uh, we start out in the apartment. Jerry opens the door for Kramer, and Kramer walks in with one pant leg off. What sort uh, of injury did he sustain from this kick? <laughs> I mean, his head went hit the hit the ground. You know, helmet or no, that's gonna knock you around a bit. But I mean, it must be incredibly serious that he's at the point where he can't tell that he hasn't put his pants on properly yeah well i mean jerry thinks uh kramer's having a go at him but uh that is not the case kramer did not see it he also didn't see that he only shaved half his face he's 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 a mess he's real even with even with half of even with half a shaved face still has a, a certain 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 nice niceness to kramer well he's a handsome He's a handsome man, but you know there's something going on here. I like the noise that Kramer makes after he sees that his face is half-shaven. I'm not sure what it is. It's kind of this, like, <laughs> just kind of like he stepped on a small dog or something. He's like quite the, distressed. Like in the, uh, in, the, in the coffee shop, when they're trying to get attention of Joe Namath. Joe DiMaggio. Yep. Yep. But yeah, he's, he's pretty upset, and, you know, Should understandable. Well that was good. Yeah. Um, and then, so we had Jerry join the gang, and uh, 
he, I guess, succeeded in talking to Susan and ended up getting a dry cleaning bill from her. 18 American dollars. So if you don't remember from the previous episode, this is because Kramer vomited on Susan's suede vest. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys think it's reasonable in this situation for her to give George the bill? I guess George kind of insisted. Right? Yeah, um, he did. I think the right thing to do is for George or one of them to pay the bill. George or Kramer. Well, isn't the right thing no. for just Kramer to pay the bill? Isn't it entirely Kramer's fault? It is, but George should offer to take the bill and then I guess if he wants to hound Kramer but I think if George just does it you know it makes him look good he he brought her up there you know yeah he's the one trying to nail her just pay the bill yeah, oh, I'm sorry true. my friend vomited on you I'm, I'll pay for your dry cleaning like yeah George step up your game um and then as they're discussing this Kramer sorry, shouts, sorry, sorry, sorry. Have sexual relations with her. <laughs> um, so as they're discussing this, Kramer shouts, Yo-Yo Ma? <laughs> the cellist? Uh, which is a little weird. And then later he answers the phone in Spanish. Seemingly fluent Spanish, but I don't speak Spanish, so it could just be gibberish. Do you think everyone knows who Yo-Yo Ma is at this point? Well, they say the cellist. And I think, I think everyone does. Because he, everyone thinks, especially in 1992, um, everyone thinks he's a rapper at first. And then, no, he's a cellist. What? By everyone, Yo- do you mean you in 1992? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yes. I Yo, don't know. like think about think about the kind of like rappers that were out like Fresh Prince or LL Cool J, Yo Yo Ma. You know, sounds like a rapper. You sound, Do you remember when Yo Yo Ma transitioned from being a rapper to a cellist? It was surprisingly seamless. I mean, he grew up in such. An urban environment. I I just wonder if you like stopped someone under the age of eighteen on the street and asked them, "Do you know who Yo Yo Ma is?" If even ten percent of them would know, I bet they would all know. I highly doubt that. They'd like, be I'm... like, like they'd be like, "Oh, he's the guy. He plays like the violin, right? But it's like a big violin." And they'd be like, he's, he's, he's famous. I don't think so. I, think so. I feel like very few people know who Yo-Yo Ma is, especially because he was kind of a, he was a pretty big celebrity in the early 90s. I'm not sure why. Um, That's the thing. Like, I'm not even totally sure why we know who Yo-Yo Ma is. Well, I think exactly. Yo-Yo Ma, I think Yo-Yo Ma in the early 90s was like featured on a lot of top 40 type things or maybe adult contemporary. Like, Top forty cello songs? No, no, he would be on. People, uh, knew, people knew who he was because of his name, because it was like that. Hey, that's not a rapper name. It's actually a cellist. 
That's how uh, people knew. I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of classical musicians of Chinese descent who have distinctive names. I don't feel I don't like it's any just of them. that. Like literally, I, I can't think of a single other one. Um, Can you? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't really exactly. know. Exactly. And yet, everyone knows Yo Yo Ma. But this is the thing. I don't think everyone knows who he is anymore. Maybe not anyone. Maybe not anymore. But this is 1992. You know, Yo Yo Ma is blowing up. <laughs> the rap game. I know. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead while we're talking about Yo-Yo Ma, and uh, we're going to put this Yo-Yo Ma picture into the uh, show notes in case anybody doesn't know who he is. But uh, Which is not an issue. <laughs> this is a pretty good picture. Um, he's uh, French. I thought he was American. He was born in Paris. Hmm? Looks like he's asleep. He's asleep, isn't he? kind of his thing he plays the cello while sleeping that's why people know him so let's let's see he he played on the soundtrack for seven years in tibet soundtrack for crouching tiger hidden dragon but this is all in like 2000s yeah uh he played with the philharmonic played with condoleezza rice yeah i don't know uh yeah at the uh, 2001 National Medal of Arts. Wow. Good old Condi. You know what? Yo-Yo Ma may not be the world's best cellist, but he's the world's hardest working cellist. I thought he was the world's best cellist. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as the scene continues, uh, Jerry and George uh, start discussing how much money they could uh, make from this potential pilot when NBC calls for another meeting. George is pretty sure 50, maybe Mm $60,000. And George begins to compare himself to Ted Danson. Yeah, I don't know why George is so obsessed with Ted Danson, but uh, this runs deep. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop until the end. Mm -mm. Yes, he ends up talking about Ted Danson as he leaves the apartment with Jerry. And after they leave the I mean, apartment. I'm at the end of the series. He's, he's talking about the Ted Danson plane in the last episode of the series. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, that whole last episode was almost entirely callbacks, so uh, what can you do? Um, so, yeah, they end up on the street, uh, and Jerry looks at his watch. He's frustrated. It doesn't work. He throws in the garbage. Uh, I guess it was a watch his parents gave him, but it never works. Then they run into Uncle Leo. Hello! Uh-huh. Good old Uncle Leo. Now, let me ask you this. If you had, like, a watch, which, you know, at the time, pretty valuable piece of technology to have with you that wasn't working properly, do you think you would just throw it in a trash can? No. Well, I think, I think in the moment, Jerry is feeling extremely frustrated with it, and, like, he's in a stressful situation about to go to this important meeting... I understand him just, like, throwing it out. I just couldn't see myself just throwing it in the garbage. Just like, now, if I had, like, a phone, like a cell phone that wasn't really working super well, I don't think I would just throw it in the garbage. But I, th- I don't think it's comparable to a phone. I think it's equivalent to a watch today. 
All right, so if I had my Samsung gear on, uh huh, I probably took it out of the and it stopped working. With. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know what it's analogous to, but I feel like it's analogous to something of better than no. Just it's ridiculous. A watch. I would never. You wouldn't throw out a watch. I I don't throw out anything. I don't. I I keep floss. That's what? right. I floss. And but what do you, you mean done you with keep it? What do you do with the floss? Well, it's like those little pick things, right? You know, like the individual disposable ones. And I mean, I'm looking around and some of them just haven't made it to the garbage yet. You buy those little disposable ones? Oh, I love them. Why don't you just buy like the long thread? I hate the, the thread. Spool. See, I like to, you know, when I'm at my desk and I'm working and stuff like that, I like to sort of fiddle, I like to have something to fiddle with, hence the buckyballs. But that's a good one. Is you can just one-handed, you know, while you're while you're surfing. Please you know, don't say while you're watching balls. while you're watching your Seinfeld. You can have the other hand and you're flossing. You're flossing. Strengthening your gums as you watch Seinfeld. Yeah. You must yeah. have like uh titanium gums. Oh, I could cut cans with these gums. <laughs> what do you hear about his jaws? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, women, women, women. When they, when they kiss me, it's like afterwards, their, their mouth is kind of sore because I, I just I'm working them out just with these gums. You don't even know. They call Chris Steel Wool Mouth. They do. This may be our They're grossest episode. This may be our grossest episode ever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> So easy to be. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Uncle Leo's character is really developing, especially with him being so put out that Jerry is busy to go to this meeting. You know, he's already upset because Jerry's such a big shot that he doesn't have time to call his Uncle Leo. Uh, you know, and he's going to this big meeting at NBC. Uncle Leo's really put out. He is, although Uncle Leo's character is so well-developed in the scene because he tells what seems to me to be the quintessential Uncle Leo story about seeing this guy, Danny something, Danny Barma, who is in the pajama business and used to give Leo free pajamas, and Leo can't wear pajamas because he gets too hot. And, you know, if he gets too hot, I take off my t-shirt. Uh, like, it is such an Uncle Leo story. Uh, the only thing that would have been better was that if Jeffrey was involved somehow. Mm-hmm. Like he was friends with Cousin Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is a, an amazing story. Do you guys wear pajamas? No. I'm wearing pajamas right now. And you know what else I'm doing? Flossing. Do you yes, wear like I, the I top, end, top, top and bottom? You got like no. a pajama. It's a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. In the yeah. summer, it's no shirt. In the summer, I just sleep naked. I'm going to call this episode too much information. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Patrick, Uncle Leo's... do you wear pajamas? No. Never? Not even like pajama pants around the house? Nope. You haven't lived. He's I don't like pajamas. But what about pajama pants? <laughs> well, I don't like any part of pajamas. So what, you just wear your jeans all day and then and then whatever at bed? Yep. Patrick, I'm going to send you a pair of pajama pants. I already have a pair. I don't wear them. 
I want you to wear them around, you know, when it like hits like nine o'clock, just pop off the pants, put on the pajamas, give it a try. I already find jeans very comfortable. I don't so know. So do I, but it's like, the, it's the next step in comfort. I don't like pajama pants. They're too swishy. And you know what? Swishy. I have a dog. I have a, I have a dog, you know, I got to go out, walk them in the evening right before bed. That means I'd have to change out of my pajama pants. Chains back into jeans Not to true. go outside. Not true. No, just wear the pajama pants. Absolutely. But what about what about when it's cold? Well, how how far are you walking this dog? I don't know. Around the block, something if like that. If it's that cold, you're wearing long johns underneath your pajama pants. So you oh, wear. God, I'm gonna have long to wear johns long johns again pants? soon. If it's if it's really cold, yeah. Why not just wear the pants you're wearing during the day? Why Why would I go from one pair of pants to two pairs of pants? Why Why uh, go out and fly a kite when you could just pop a pill? That sounds much better. <laughs> well, um, I think you're right. missing out, pal. I'm not wearing pajamas. So back at the apartment, after we see Uncle Leo fish out the watch from the, uh, the uh, trash can that Jerry threw it in, Back of the apartment, we see Newman needs to go have Kramer go to court with him. And Kramer is very confused. He knows nothing about this. He's short-tempered, which Kramer normally is not. And uh, it's, it's a messy situation. But Newman needs Kramer to go to court to testify against his speeding ticket. Yep. You guys got nothing on this? Okay, we can move along. Well, uh, actually, I, I do have one note. I, I talked about how I think that I'm too afraid to go to traffic court, and I think that people who go to traffic court are very brave. Why? Because 90-odd percent of the time, the person who's fighting the ticket in traffic court, if the police officer is there, you lose. You, you almost always lose if the officer is there. Your only hope is that the officer doesn't show up and then you win by default. And so I kind of feel like everyone knows that you're just kind of like hoping that the police officer is not going to be there. And if they show up, I think I'd feel like too big of an idiot. Like, you know, we haven't seen what ends up happening with Newman. But if that's the performance that's happening, I, I feel like you'd be lucky if you weren't charged with something else before it was over. <laughs> Like obstruction of justice or something. <laughs> Disturbing well, uh, the peace. I just feel like going to traffic court, it's going to be like a $150 ticket or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're going there and the judge is like, you clearly did this thing. You're wasting all our time doing this. You're making the cop day his day off work. You're taking a day off work. You're wasting my time. I feel like you just feel like a jerk. This is why I would like to just, you know, work from home or, you know, be self-employed so that I could do that and and not have to take the time off and not feel bad about it. Did you pay your ticket, Chris? Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying that your dream is to work from home so you can spend your time fighting tickets? Not all my time. (laughs) That, <laughs> I'm sorry. Now that Patrick just kind of said it out loud, could I hear that again, Chris? What is your what is your dream? 
<laughs> well, I mean, you know, I've got a traffic ticket. Okay. And I work, you know, I work for myself, self-employed, individual, I'm my own boss. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know, I don't have to feel, I don't have to like arrange with anybody to take the time off so that I can, I can go fight the ticket. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to go do that today. And maybe afterwards I'll go get a nice sandwich. I feel like what's going to happen is you're going to show up at court. They'll be like, all right, uh, occupation. You'll be like, I'm self-employed. They'll be like, all right, unemployed. And then <laughs> and then I'll argue with them. I'll be like, no, self-employed. I could pay this ticket. I could pay all the tickets. Of course, uh, Chris did just show up in pajama pants. That's right. What am I, like the president? Um... So after this short little scene about going to court, we cut to a monologue and Jerry talks about how the humans aren't smart. Like, why do we need helmets? There are these activities that are dangerous. So rather than not do them, we wear a plastic thing around our head. Even dumber is the helmet law. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead. Do you guys always wear a helmet if you're riding a bike or something? Yes. Yeah. Chris? Yeah, I wear a helmet. You, you never don't wear a helmet? I don't ride a bike a lot. But, you know, in the past I've worn, I've, I've, I've worn helmets. See, I for the I most part... It's a sensible thing to do. I for the most part always wear a helmet, but... Since I've moved to Montreal, there's like a bike sharing thing. Like, you may have heard of like that... City bike program that's in New yeah, York that has Bixie, been getting right? a lot of press. Yeah, it's called Bixie in Montreal. Yeah, it's that. yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty popular. Like pretty much everywhere you are, especially like downtown or wherever, there's going to be a Bixie station around. So if you need to go quite a few blocks, it is often the fastest way just to take a bike. But if you're just downtown, you might not have a helmet, and there's no helmet law in Quebec. And there are like separated bike lanes, so there's like a little concrete median between the cars and the bikes. I'll just take That's a bike nice. with no helmet. Yeah, see, my my, my issue is that um, you know in, in Toronto, especially like where I work, um, you, you know, uh, even with a helmet, I'm probably gonna get killed in the bike. Like it's 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 a madhouse in this city, you know. It's all go go. Busy, honking, get get out of the way, guy on a bike, and you know people get people get hit on bikes every day. It's 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 too dangerous where uh, where I am driving a bike. Helmet or you no. You need like a you need like a full body armor, right? <laughs> like a bear suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a full body kind of armor that maybe seats three to four other people. And has airbags. And like a gun to shoot motors. And is a car. <laughs> I think you got to wear the helmet. I mean, I'm Patrick, not wearing you, had, you, had, you had to know what I was going to say when you asked that question. Yeah, you know absolutely. my strong feelings on this matter. And I mean, I'm like, in- I, I think even like what you just said, that it's separated from the bike or separated from the cars. I mean, I don't think that's good enough. I mean, the fall and you hit your head, basically, I'm not 
just worried about cars. I'm worried about hitting my head off the ground. I, I always tell that story about that lady I knew who was riding her bike. She fell off her bike. She hit her head. She can't taste or smell anymore. It's not she worth it. She can't taste or smell? How do you taste your own smell? That doesn't make taste any sense, Cameron. Or it's, smell. It's a sacrifice I'm willing to make to get somewhere that 10 minutes more faster. <laughs> um, I can't taste my smell. Taste or smell. Taste or taste smell. smell. But you can't taste your smell. Anyway. They say that a large part of taste is smell. Um, so, yeah, at, at NBC, Jerry, he's still upset about Uncle Leo. You know, you always have to have a good story to explain that, uh, or your relatives, sorry, your relatives always get so upset when you have to go, when you can't talk to them. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing that's important enough for your relatives. Do you guys have any relatives like this who get upset that you don't talk to them enough, even though they don't ever like try to talk to you? Uh, no, mostly because, you know, the ones that I talk to, I like talking to and I talk to them when I can and I don't talk to a lot of the other ones. But wait, when they you also can don't talk listen to, them, to this show, when you can yeah. talk to them, how often are you talking to them? Uh, never. Yeah. So they don't get upset about it? I don't know. We don't talk. Well, I mean, we talk. Well, I talk when I see them. You know, sometimes I see them and it's like, hey, how are you doing? I feel like that would not satisfy Uncle Leo. Cameron, do you have any nope. relatives like this? Uh, not really. Um, whenever I see my relatives, I talk to them. And I've, I've never received a complaint about the uh, frequency uh, of conversation. Do you, Patrick? Could you relate to this? Yeah, I have a couple of relatives. I actually have an aunt who I always feel like I'm not talking to enough. And then whenever I talk to her, like she always seems very excited to talk to me at first. And then in the middle of the conversation, like a little later, it's like, it's like, how come we haven't talked that much? You know, like, what have you been up to? Why have you been so busy? What is this? Are you, is this for real? Does that happen? Yeah, it's absolutely for real. And do you do you feel pretty bad when this happens? I feel a little bad, yeah. Because I mean, it's kind of it's a two way street, Aunt. I know. It's you not like she's uh, breaking down the gates to to talk to old Patty. I know. Tell that to Uncle Leo. <laughs> Is that your aunt's name? Yeah, <laughs> Aunt Uncle Leo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, um, it's a different sort of name. Yeah. Do you, do you guys find right now? So they're sitting in that lobby. Does George not look like a total bum? He did. He didn't shave. He looks like a total bum. I, I know he didn't Absolutely. shave, but I've seen lots of people who hasn't like have not shaved, and they don't look quite that bummy. No, he looks like a huge bum. Like I don't know if it's like his clothes matched with the lack of shave, but whatever it is, he he looks bad, real bad. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um. So, yeah, uh, George has agreed to be a bit more flexible when uh, when they go and talk to the people at NBC. It doesn't have to be about absolutely nothing. can have something in it. Um, but, I mean, he, he obviously ends up going, like, too far the other way during this meeting. Like, he just ends up coming across as slightly insane again. Yep. Yeah. Like, the way he's talking, it makes it sound like he had a seizure at the last meeting. Like you he must even remember what get, happened. 
Yeah, like when they're in the meeting, he says, you must have a good story. You must. You must. Hmm. As good as La Cochina. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess we can, like, finish this whole NBC arc. Um, it turns out that NBC, like, Jerry seems to feel like this meeting is doomed uh, and that George is dooming them. But it turns out NBC wants to be in business with them. And they want a copy of La Cocina. Do you know where we could get a copy? <laughs> you lost them in the move. Uh, yeah. But it turns out they really trust Susan. Yeah, it's actually the way uh, Russell says it, it's like really strange. Where he's like, I've got a feeling about you two. And even more than that, I place a great deal of confidence in that lady's judgment. Like, it's, it's, there's something so weird in the way that he talks about it like this. Like, he's a slave to Susan or something. Mm-hmm. It's her snappy, non-puke-covered vests. Mm-hmm. They inspire she's, confidence. She's always wearing vests. How the can you not trust someone in a vest? You can't. Oh. I like how George describes it as a pile of judgment. <laughs> when he's like, yeah, good, good taste, good, good judgment. That's a pile of judgment there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, they agreed to do it. They're going to make a pilot. Um, so meanwhile, as this has been going on, Newman and Kramer are in the courthouse. And so Newman wants Kramer to follow a specific story that Kramer was going to kill himself. And they have to concoct some kind of story that explains why he wanted to kill himself. Now, this story is a little questionable. They can't really come up with a plausible one. They keep having trouble. Uh, and it seems like their best, the best story they have. First, they say he never had an air conditioner, which I feel like that maybe, was better. Like, I mean, just just tweak it a little bit, you know. It's too yeah, that hot. Heat, I'm gonna kill that myself. Heat, that heat can be torture. It's too hot. I'm gonna end it. But what the story they go with is he was never able to become a banker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his dream. Uh, I mean, they go through some pretty bad excuses for uh, reasons to commit suicide. I mean, never becoming a banker is just as stupid as any of those. If I can't be a banker, I don't want to live. But (laughs) there's something so stupid about I never had an air conditioner that I really liked. Uh, I would have loved to see them try and explain that one. What do you think the explanation would be? Like how? It's how too hot. Is... I'm cooking in here. Time to end it. Too hot. Gotta die. Goodbye. Bye, um, Newman. You should yeah, have given so... me your air conditioner. So this is the story they go with, and they end up in court, and it's Cameron's worst nightmare. The cop ends up testifying. Uh, we learned that when he got caught for this uh, speeding ticket, Newman threw himself on the ground and he begged. He begged not to get the ticket. Um, he did. And then, and then Newman testifies. And Newman, 
He really lays it on thick. Uh, you know, Kramer was so sad he could never become a banker, so he was speeding to save a man's life. <laughs> well, after he finished up with his charity work with the blind. Of course. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, this judge, I, I feel like he's a great actor. Like, he looks so exhausted and tired of traffic court. He must be wondering what he did to deserve this. And Newman is not making it any easier for him. Uh, yeah, and I mean, the the whole thing is just, like, is such a farce. And it it is perfect. This is why I almost wish they had gone with something even slight that the like i never had an air conditioner i like the way newman starts to spin this tale mm-hmm. is it's pretty, pretty amazing when he starts to basically cross-examine <laughs> uh kramer and like talk to him about his father and stuff like that pretty great it's like an I episode of got, mason yeah i love how he's got like the suspenders and he's got like the sh- the jacket off and everything for this part suddenly he's like it's just a small town lawyer in your big city courtroom. I like how he keeps saying, "Isn't it true?" I feel like mm-hmm. that's uh, that's pretty great. In your own words, Who's my words? own words. What would they be? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like, this is actually one of the things I love about Wayne Knight on the show. Uh, whenever he does Newman's sort of like sprawling stories, and he slowly gets more and more agitated as it never quite works out and there's that like that subtle sort of like rising tension and you can almost see it in his face like as if you could imagine like anger is this sort of like liquid just like slowly filling up his head until like it looks like his eyes are about to blow out and that's basically what happens in this scene yeah newman newman is pissed off that uh that kramer is not I mean, Kramer is not in his right mind, but it seems like he's not cooperating and not remembering. And like you said, every time something goes wrong with Kramer's testimony, Newman lets out a teeny bit of steam. <laughs> um, yeah, well, actually, there was one thing uh, I forgot to say about NBC. Uh, after they're done the meeting, they're in the waiting room. And Jerry gets a call from his mom. <laughs> She's upset about him snubbing Uncle Leo. I love uh, Jerry's parents. Mm-hmm. How did they What's even get this number? Uh, <laughs> it's it's hard to say. It's actually kind of funny. Like, how did they manage to like chase Jerry down in that building from that one call? I don't know. Maybe there's just the one receptionary in NBC. I mean, why would there be that many? You know, there's probably the one for like actors. Uh, and then the general office, I guess. I don't know. And Jerry Seinfeld, like in this universe, he's a minor celebrity, right? Yeah, yeah pretty minor, but still a minor celebrity. Yeah. So I feel like someone could know if Jerry Seinfeld was in the building. Um, so you know what, Chris? Uh, I had to say, there's some vindication for you in this uh, episode. Oh yeah, because I get the feeling in this very scene that Susan only finds vomiting uh, being vomited on about a three or so out of terribleness. What are we talking know. about? 
Well, last week you uh, we were rating on a scale of one to ten how much you would enjoy being vomited on, and oh, you yeah. said you, you about a three. I think you said a three or a four. Yeah. And Susan doesn't seem too off put, so you know what? Yeah, Maybe... I feel like he's at about a three too. <laughs> I, I really uh, had to uh, take notice of that because when she's just like, "Oh, it was only vomit." That really made me think about you, Chris. It made me think that you know what? Maybe Chris is onto something. Chris maybe I should. Maybe something. I should seek out to be vomited upon. I wouldn't go that far. It's not a one. <laughs> and it's not even anywhere on the pleasant scale. It's just somewhere on the unpleasant scale. Well, Chris rated it on the pleasant scale, though. No, I don't think so. The question was, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much would you like to be vomited on? Okay, it seems like a pleasant scale. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? It's fine. No one, no one judges you. That's a lie. Someone somewhere is judging you. Mike Seems um, is judging me. Um, and then, so George, as they're talking about this... He pulls out the money that he collected from from the gang to pay for her um, dry cleaning, and she, you know, first says no, and then he insists, and then she takes it. And as soon as she leaves, George is pissed that she took the money. Yeah, he's really choked. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, George uh, is a hundred percent in the wrong hair. Oh, George is I, I, again. George's cheapness never ceases to, A, astound me, but also manifest itself in new and exciting ways. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's no good. Um, so, uh, next scene, they're in, co- they're at the, uh, coffee shop, and George, he's a little upset about how much they're being paid. It's no Ted Danson money. Yeah, what are we looking at? Thirteen thousand dollars. Yeah, which I looked up. Inflation, inflation counter, just over nineteen thousand dollars to us today. I feel like that's pretty good for doing a pilot. How much work is this for these guys? Has George had a job since like he was a realtor? He's on. uh, He's on the dole. You know. Yeah, this is good money for George. Any money's good money for George. Yeah. Hey, look um, at it. But he feels like he is on the same level as Hidanson and he's being taken advantage of. They got to move. And I do love yeah. the back and forth between him and Jerry over that. Uh, I'm yeah. better than him. You're worse. That part was uh, fantastic. Much, much worse. <laughs> it's true, though. George isn't as good as Ted Danson. He's the best. Have you seen that guy? Thick Very head handsome. Of hair. Thick head of hair. Charming. Got a beautiful wife. George doesn't have any of those things. He's tall. You mean the mom from Back to the Future 3? Uh, no, not the mom. The school teacher. Oh, the lady. Yeah. The yeah. school teacher. Yeah, she's okay. She's a beautiful lady. Um, and so, uh, as Cameron alluded to, there's a one more scene where we see Elaine. There's a cut to the psychologist with Elaine. He's very worried. Or is their entire vacation them standing at windows making out? 
I mean, what else do you do on vacation, Chris? It's true. It's true. You go to a famous monument and then you make out in front of it. Yeah. And also, doesn't Elaine go on vacation with Tim Watley at one point and they have the same activity? Tim Watley? She dates Tim Watley? Dentist of the Stars. Huh. I forgot um, about that. But does she go on vacation with Tim Watley? I feel like she does. She hmm. goes with kid, uh, have, the maestro. I, I yeah. may have confused it because this this doctor here, he's got Watley hair. You know, you blur your eyes a little bit. He's got a Watley thing. He's got a, little, he's got a real Cranston going on. It's a bit, he's a bit Watlish. He is Watlish. He's Watlesque. Is this um, the show? <laughs> Hello, so, welcome to What's the Deal? The only uh, Brian Cranston review podcast. I really like this Look, actor. I did one. I really like this actor who plays the psychologist. He's intense. I, I like how intense he is. He's got a lot of intensity. He could do a Santori whiskey commercial if he liked. He's got a he's got a lot of concern about Joe Davola. Not that much concern about Elaine. I don't know. I like him. Um, so the next scene, we're in the coffee shop. Jerry and George are worried about Joe Davola. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a cop, and Jerry asks if the cop will help him. Now, do you think it's reasonable for this cop to get a sandwich and a muffin no. and, and a dog? And what the hell is this break? cop doing? He's on his break, time. though. Yeah, he's off duty. Break's taken forever. Yeah, I is guess that's duty? true. Like, he is off duty. And I guess how long would it take him to go outside and just see if uh, this this crazy guy's out there? I don't know. Cameron, what do you think? Do you think he's off base? The cop? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a citizen asking for help. I mean, you know what? If I, well, I already am not a cop, but you know, if someone who's not a cop is sitting there and somebody needs help and that person's not at their job and the person's like, can you help me? Hang on, I'm hungry. Like, I think anyone's obliged to help somebody. (laughs) Now, in this situation, it's definitely one where you'd want a police officer to help you. But, you know, if there was some sort of emergency and you could help, I think anyone is basically socially obliged to help. I don't think you can but this, have this a... But this is an emergency. Like, this could just be Jerry's paranoia. He doesn't even know if this guy's out there. Yeah, but the cop doesn't know that. Yeah, the cop, but... The I cop mean, just... This... Jerry told him that there's a guy who's out to get him, and he's kind of, like, hanging around outside. Can he, you know, help him get to his car? I don't know. This cop, he's spending his whole shift with people... Stealing things from each other, dealing with people's bikes who've been stolen. The whole thing's a crisis. This this probably doesn't seem like that big a deal to him, you know? New York City cops. Ain't too smart. Need Giuliani in there. Oh, Rudy? Yeah. He'll sort him out. Isn't he? By, 99, or by 92. Are we still in Ed Koch? I believe so. Because oh. there's an episode where they talk about they have like the, they talk about the election, isn't there? Yeah, 
Yeah, there's an episode where uh, Dinkins is running against uh, Giuliani. Yeah. And they actually filmed two endings to that episode because when it was going to air, they didn't know who was going to be the mayor. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, so speaking of law, back in the court, Newman is still playing lawyer. And he expands on his testimony with Kramer. He's feeling like the, the whole banker thing isn't playing. So not only did he want to be a banker, Kramer hated his father. And that's why he wanted to become a banker. To get back at him. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Kramer's brain is not right. He can't keep the story right. And Newman freaks out. It does not go his way. Uh, I feel like this is this is some of the the best Newman so far. That's I feel like great. each episode he he's nuts. getting better. But yeah, he, he goes freaks, nuts. He freaks right out. Yeah. The, my only regret is that I didn't see Newman like begging this cop earlier to be forgiven for the speeding ticket because I feel like that would have been a great scene too. Yeah, what does he say to him again? My friend is going to die or something. My friend is going to die. My friend is going to die. My friend is going to die. It really speaks volumes about the uh, character of Newman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, how much can the speeding ticket be? Like, a hundred bucks? I don't even think that's how much. They say in this scene how much. It's $75. <laughs> now, I mean, he's got a- do you want to let us know how much that is? He's got a good job. He's a mailman. How he can much was it? 75, $75. 75 bucks. He's got a good job. He's a mailman. He can afford $75. $109. Yeah. That's less Jeez. than all my tickets. That's nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, that dry cleaning, $26. I guess, <laughs> I guess Newman... Up, George. I guess Newman is just upset about this whole injustice that he has this radar detector, so he feels like he should speed with impunity. And then uh, the cop caught him. Um, yeah, poor Newman. So anyway, it doesn't work out. The cop, I mean, the judge bangs his gavel, seventy-five dollars, which in twenty thirteen number dollars, Chris. What was that? Twenty-six dollars. Or no, wait, one hundred and nine dollars. Uh, yeah. So back at the coffee shop, Jerry and George. Freaked out about Crazy Joe Davola. They're pissed off at this cop. He's decided now at this point to get coffee. How can they leave? It's They're taking their lives into their own hands if they go up there with Crazy Joe Davola. <laughs> Luckily, though, Kramer comes in. Crazy yeah. Joe Davola's not out there. Yeah. Well, he's not sure. <laughs> His no, brain okay, is still like, not right. You know, cop was there, like, let's say, you know, we're in this situation. Crazy Joe Davola's out there. What are, what are we doing? If he's out there, what do you do? Yeah. You stay inside the restaurant. You get the cop to walk out with you. Yeah, just, you know what, at this point, just order a sandwich yourself. What's wrong with you guys? What are you going to do, tough guy? Go fight Joe Davola. Wow. Come on. You just you can't just sit in a restaurant like, oh, that guy's going to beat me. I better just not go out and confront the bully. But he's already 
knocked Kramer's head and given him brain damage. Yeah, it, he's not yeah, just so a take bully. Take a fork it's out just... with you. But you know? then you're going to jail. You assaulted him no. with a weapon. No, because if you, you know, leave that restaurant with a weapon and then attack him, it was self-defense. You you say, uh, listen, off, off, officer. Uh, Joe Davola is crazy nut bar, and he kicked my friend's head in. And he okay, said he well, wait to beat here. I'm, I'm the cop. So yeah. you went outside with the fork. You fought him. Uh, yeah. I showed up on the scene. Okay, so, uh, okay, sir, can you tell me what happened here? Here's what happened, Officer Cameron. Joe Davola is like monkey balls crazy, and he kicked my friend's head in. And I was sitting in there. Okay, did you report that, having, sir? Was that reported? Uh, he, from my friend's head? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not responsible for, you know, taking care of my friends. Okay, sir, I don't you appreciate know. your tone. I'm just trying to verify the, yeah, the situation. Yeah, I don't appreciate okay. I don't appreciate your tone either. <laughs> Dick breath. All right, and then I've just clubbed you over the head. You want to know? You want to know what happened? You want to know what happened? Well, you're unconscious so now, ha- but yeah, okay. Okay, so I know this, and and I know he's out there, and I'm like, I gotta go home because, you know, America's Got Talent's on, and I gotta go home and watch that. And I was worried that he was gonna try and pull something on me, so I left the restaurant with a fork. I admit I stole the fork. Didn't ask about that. So that, you've got me dead to rights on that. But I walked past Joe Davola, and he was like, hey, Seinfeld, I'm going to beat you up. And I said, no, you're not, stupid. And then he tried to punch me, and little did he know, I forked him. I forked him right, first I forked him right underneath his arm when he tried to punch me. Then I forked him again uh, somewhere in the gut area. And he started crying a little bit, and he's like, oh... Jerry, you're way tougher than I thought. I said, "Yeah, you got that right." And then he he ran away like a like a girl. And so what it was self defense. What is the story, Chris? <laughs> I mean, there's there's no world. You're you're getting charged with assault. In what world? When oh, you no, leave, it was self defense because he threw the first punch. I can't. It's like it's like walking around with 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 a, with with mace, you know. If you're walking around with mace, you're not going out there so you can mace people. You're walking around in case someone tries to, you know, go to volley you, and you can mace them. I'm I just don't think it's the, the I don't think it's the same. Devola, like, try something crazy. Because it's not like you were always walking around with a fork. You intentionally no, picked it up in this moment. Listen, so long as I'm not I'm not stabbing Joe Devola with a fork unless he attacks me. If I walk past Joe Davola and I'm like, hey, Joe, you got a problem? And he's like, no. No, what's up? Just going to go home and watch America's Got Talent. You? And I'd be like, yeah, me too. And that would be it. But, you know, if he comes at me and he does try and fight me, then he hits him. He eats it's self-defense. I think you need That's someone to cooperate this story. Because when there's just the two of you there and you're, you're, they just have you on video, you know, on the surveillance footage, leaving the place, looking out the window... Picking up a fork, going outside, and then they find a guy forked. I think that yeah. might look poorly upon you. Yeah, but it's okay. It's, it's, it's he said, he said. And who are they going to believe, all right? Joe Davola, history of mental illness. Psychiatrist is going to say, I forgot to give him his meds. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So he's already off the rocker versus me. Uh, somewhat known, respected comedian person, uh, you know, fine, upstanding member of the community, regular at Monk's Coffee Shop, and all-around nonviolent person most of the time. All right. Well, you know what, Chris? You've convinced me. Self-defense. Self-defense. Although you are going to jail for stealing the fork. I did steal that fork. Patrick, do you have All anything right. you want to add to this? <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> um, all right, let's wrap this episode up. So there's a final monologue. Jerry talks about how many states have traffic school. And <laughs> yes. oh, I kind of forget the monologue. I have notes, but I don't remember them. Many states have traffic, traffic school. But uh, the worst thing would just be being in traffic. Yeah. Um, it's, the punishment is just hours of traffic. It's a it's a bad it's a bad outro. <laughs> it's not very funny. That's just it. Like worse than traffic school is just being in traffic. I guess. Uh, like, I guess. I mean, how bad is traffic school? You just kind of sit there and watch a video. Speeding kills. Yeah, blood on the blood on the asphalt. Yeah, that's like the thing, the right? That's a that, that's yeah. yeah. Let's see if we can find a clip of blood on yeah. the. Okay. Yeah. So, Cameron, what do you think of this episode? Um, it's okay. It's as a two-parter. I actually feel like it would almost feel like it goes on too long. And yet, this episode by itself, they're just kind of stretching stuff out, I feel like. Uh, there's there's not a lot of meat on the bones of this episode. Uh, Uncle Leo was funny. Um, but, you know, the hiding out from Joe DiVola goes on for quite a while. It's it's not my favorite episode. I'll put it to you that way. I did like the part where Jerry stabbed Joe DiVola with a fork. <laughs> you know, How I don't you, remember Patrick? that part. <laughs> How do you feel um, about this? Well, I really like Uncle Leo. Mm-hmm. I could get rid of all the NBC stuff, and but I really like Newman being in court. I feel like just Newman in court, that being the main yeah, that uh, really like thing of the episode, that would be good. And then just some other storyline. They could have wrapped up the NBC stuff in the previous episode, and then moved all the other, maybe like the Joe Davola stuff to this episode like it could have been two episodes crazy joe davola chris you like it i thought it was okay you know meh it was all right i liked i, I agree with you patrick i liked all the things that you liked a lot everything else is filler all right well, that's, that's that yeah bam well I would like to encourage and direct our listeners now to head over to whatsthedealshow.com where you can check out all the show notes for today. Uh, I don't know if Chris Young's taking a vacation on pictures, but maybe not this week. You never know. There could be a picture. I did the picture last week. Yeah. Main God. Means my God. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, head on over there. Check out the show notes. Check out the back episodes. Check out all the stuff. And while you're at it, 
you can see today's other business topic. Now, Cameron, do you already have another business topic? I do. Why, do you have one you want to talk about? I have, but it can be another week. Okay, this one one has a good headline. Go ahead. All right, so, in this week's other business, according to Sweden's News, beaver butt secretion good for baking, says agency. The The hell you say... The Swedish National Food Agency has confirmed that anal secretions from the beaver can be used to provide a taste similar to vanilla in baked goods and sweets. Information that beaver bottoms can be a source of vanilla aroma in the form of castorium has been circulating on the internet recently, and the agency has now confirmed that there is substance to the, sec- <laughs> to the secretions. Uh... Patrick Armstrong, what do you think? Uh, Would you have vanilla-esque cookies flavored with uh, castorium from the anal glands of a beaver? So what is this secretion? They just have this gland. It's just beaver. They're making stuff with beaver poo. Is it the poop? Or is it like kind of like how a dog has like... They have secretions, and that's what the Please dogs are Please explain to me that anything coming out of the beaver's ass is actually not. Like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm telling you, oh, I just, I, I baked this stuff with secretions from my butthole. But don't worry, it's not poo, so don't worry about it. You know, eat it up. Okay, well, so... So wait, what is, could, what is could, the question? Like, just would so, I try it? Yeah, would you try it? So, but to answer the question, Castorium uh, is... Is like held in a sack uh, down down in that area, and it's it's often excreted at the same time as urine and things like that to uh, to to mark territory with scent. So, Patrick Armstrong, are you going to try the castorium cookies? Assuming that the castorium is you know somehow obtained from the beaver, and can I assume that it's not toxic in any way? It won't make me sick. Uh, yeah, it's actually, uh, I believe it's been signed off by the FDA. The Swedish FDA? No, the American FDA. It I is guess a I... GRAS, uh, labeled food, so, uh, generally... I guess regarded, it's not... Generally regarded as safe? Uh, I guess that's not, um... I guess it's not extracted in any cruel way. You know, like uh, for this hypothetical situation, uh, it, no, it, it was all fine. I guess so. I guess I don't have any reason to not try it other than it's a gross idea. Do you idea. need a reason? I mean, I love eggs, and eggs just come out of a chicken's butt. I don't see how it's any different. They actually don't. Yeah, they do. No, not the butt. Listen to people furiously typing to research where the eggs come from. <laughs> well, Chris, mm. where do the eggs come from? You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's the chicken badge. Chickens, no, chickens only have one hole. What? Pretty sure they only got the one hole. It's basically their bum. 
word. What? <laughs> Were you about to say how do they have sex, Chris? Because I really I, hope that's what you're about to say. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure all birds just have one. Uh, well, I remember talking about this in like high school science class. Wow. So, so they do come up there, but well, yes. te- technically it. So if you well put this uh, picture of a chicken anatomy up on the show notes for this week. Do people uh, need to see this? <laughs> well, it's just a cartoon drawing. It's it's a nice little oh, drawing. Okay. Um, but essentially what happens is that there is only one uh there is only one exit hole, but the egg and the intestinal exit are two separate things. They just kind of like pop out at the same place, but they don't follow along the same tract. Yeah, I know that, but they, you know, they're they're just one hole. So I'd like to point out that I typed in chicken anatomy egg laying, and the second hit on Google is for chicken fact dash angel fire. <laughs> I wonder if this still works. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still up. So we'll go ahead and put the chicken fact on angel fire up on the show notes as well. It's got a picture of the guy. <laughs> There's two pictures at the top. The picture of a dog he had growing up, Candy, and Cinco, my favorite rooster ever. <laughs> oh man, um, Chris. So Young, yeah, so are you yeah. Have the castor- out, if an egg comes up, wait, wait, wait. If an egg comes out of chicken's butt, I'll try castorium. What? Okay. But we just found out it did come out its butt. That's what I'm saying. Oh. So, Chris Young, are you are you going to try, you know, Castorium cookies or Castorium cupcakes? No, I'm not going to try anything baked with like this beaver cum. Like, no. <laughs> what? I don't think that's what it is. It's close enough. Is it? Yeah, yeah, especially if they only have one hole. What? Beavers, not chickens. Oh, right. Still, I don't care. No. (laughs) Cameron, are you trying this out? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would prefer not to. Uh, You don't have to prefer not to. There's There's no situation where, you know, you're supposed to eat it. But we don't, uh, like, I'm kind of concerned that I'm eating it already. Because according to, according to this... Not in Victoria. Well, because according to the Castorium Wikipedia entry, apparently, as an additive, it's often just listed as natural flavoring. Oh, it's natural, all right. So I'm kind of, like, wondering if there's, like, some sort of consumer list uh, where they they list things that, that have it in it. Because, yeah, I want to know. I imagine that they would not uh, list it. I mean, it can't be good for business. So Snopes, which I generally consider the authority on this, has listed the claim Castorium, a secretion used by beavers, is used as a food additive and is listed as true. Great. So, I guess I'm just eating that beaver's, you know, butt stuff all the time. 
Good thing you floss so often. I. It seems like it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, I feel like we've ruined Chris Young's day. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't really want to eat any of this. <sighs> just don't oh. eat anything ever again. I'm tempted now that I know that people are just are baking with this stuff. Well, I don't think that people in their home are baking with it. I feel like it's a lot cheaper to use, even like vanilla beans. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like there's like a big herd of uh, agriculture set up for beavers to, I don't know, extract castoria. Is there? Maybe no. there is. I don't think there's any like beaver farms. Yeah, maybe there is. You know? In Sweden or something? Yeah, because they found out it's delicious, and they can't get enough of it. Well, perhaps uh, our old friend Felix will let us know about what's going on with that. Felix, are you eating the beaver stuff? I hope not. I'm telling you right now, anybody that's new this... Yeah, we've got those here. I haven't had one of those yet. They're delicious. So I hear. They make it with, you know, the junk in a beaver's asshole, though. This show's taken an interesting turn. It sure has. Oh, boy. Um, So, (laughs) next week, we will be looking at Season 4, Episode 5, The Wallet. Uh, Jerry's parents uh, are in town seeing a back specialist, and they make an inquiry about the watch they gave Jerry. George decides to renegotiate the terms of the pilot with NBC and he also passes along or he receives sorry a box of cigars from Susan's father Uh, at the doctor's office Morty's wallet is stolen or as he says gone and Elaine decides that she needs to break up with the psychiatrist um and as is sort of the trend right now, uh, this episode is paired with a second episode, The Watch. This is a to-be-continued episode. Why are they doing that? I don't know. I like this episode a lot, though, actually. I'm excited to watch it. When Jerry's dad, when Morty says, My wallet's gone! My wallet's gone! And he's just shouting in the doctor's office. It's yeah, pretty that's great. great. Um, yeah. All right, well, I'm excited. Chris, what are you, you going to do between now and then? I'm just going to, you know, go out to my beaver farm and get them all to bend over and harvest, you know, all that stuff that they they do for me. Castorium. Uh, this is really eating cast- you up inside, isn't it? The Castorium Emporium. Chris, Those every beavers time you... are not happy with me. Every time you eat a cookie that tastes like vanilla, are you going to be a little yes. uh, yeah. suspicious now? Yeah, I am. He's going to be on edge for sure. I'm on edge right now. <laughs> Did you guys happen to notice what the uh, top-rated comment on that news story was? Oh, God. I'm the afraid. Castorium one? Yeah. 
No. The top rated comment was <laughs> I use beaver butt juice whenever I bake a batch of special beaver oatmeal cookies. <laughs> My beaver is more than happy to hop up on the stove and donate the juice. Give me a break. Who in their right mind would use the butt juice when you can get actual vanilla beans at any market? <laughs> oh man i was really tempted uh for this news there's another story from from sweden where swedish teen hits gold with love tweets to prime minister and she's been i guess tweeting the swedish prime minister but patrick i was attracted to this because the picture of the prime minister they put a silly hat on him and i know that you like to uh think about the uh swedish government and uh, aristocracy uh, as wearing funny hats it's very important to me it's a big part of your worldview you know we actually had a teaser from felix that he was gonna tell us more about what's going on there about how he felt about the king of sweden which uh, didn't seem like he was too into him do you think we made too much fun of sweden no absolutely not i i love sweden yeah it's the best that's where ikea comes from yeah, oh, and I love IKEA. You get those meatballs. Love the meatballs. Oh man. Yeah, you know, you know lingonberries. What with though now, lingon I can't berries? eat IKEA anymore. Why? Because of the monkey? Because the butt juice. <laughs> but they're not, Chris. The US FDA Swedish. is the one that has it approved Swedish. to be used. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they're sneaky, the Swedes. You think the you think the beavers consented to having their like precious bodily fluids harvested for your brownies no they did not the swedes just snuck up behind the beavers who were just busy making a dam and and you know they just reached in mm-hmm. just took all that juice don't say juice <laughs> So as always, I'd like to recommend one final time that you head on over to whatsthedealshow.com. Check out this week's picture. I can officially confirm that there is a Chris Young authored picture for you this week. Check out the show notes. Check out the back episodes. You're lucky I made it before, you know, we started talking about the beaver butt secretion. Check out all the good stuff. It's all tucked away at whatsthedealshow.com. And while you're at it, why don't you... You know, get in hold of us via social media and let us know what you think about Castorium flavoring. Patrick, how would somebody do that? Well, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We tweet at WTD Show. Um, if you want to follow the episodes, we tweet the episodes there. People say things about the episodes to us there, so you can talk to other people like, what's the deal? You can do the whole thing. Or you can. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's real nice. If you prefer Facebook to Twitter, you can go to facebook.com slash WTD show. Um, you can do the same kind of stuff. All the episodes are there. We post the pictures. People like things on there. It's, it's, it's very nice, you know, or you can just go to whatsthedealshow.com. Or you can follow us on Tumblr. Do that too. Do all Jeez, of them. You got it all. I don't care. Yeah. So uh, Christopher Young... That's not all, is it? Isn't there something else people can do if they want to help us out? There's something else you can do if you want to help us out. And that is, if you see a beaver, just leave it alone. Don't try 
and and harvest you know the natural oils from his butthole he doesn't want that we don't want that nobody in canada wants that you know you know keep those urges to yourself christian the voice of a nation you know we've got butter butter's already kind of from an animal in a way so stick with that it's not you know? just in a way. It, it just is. <laughs> episode 43, our most upsetting episode. I'm upset. My stomach's upset. Now I'm going to have to go through everything in my fridge and look for castorium. Well, no, it's listed as natural flavoring. Great. <laughs> so, as always, from us, a hearty thank you from Christopher Young. Yeah, goodbye. Patrick Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And myself, Cameron Wong. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be with Rue next week. What? Uh, what? Uh, Nails it. <laughs> uh, I've been sitting on that all episode. God. What's wrong with the Swedes? Ah, uh, everything. <laughs>